Father, we ask, oh God, this morning, we want to hear your word. Let your word come burning with fire this morning, oh God. Draw us into you, oh God. Let us turn our backs on the mundane and the ordinary. And let us latch on to the spirit that gives life. For indeed, your word says the flesh profits nothing. But it is the spirit that quickens, that makes a life, oh God. Spirit of God, help us this morning to go into the deep waters of your word. Let us lay hold on life. Let us lay hold on substance. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. I have just about 50 minutes. Let me borrow a, a phrase from Pastor Carlton. If you can hear fast, I can speak fast. Okay. I want to talk this morning about developing a lifestyle of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Developing a lifestyle of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, message translation. And then John 16, 7 to 15. Let me start with John 16, from verse 7 to 15. And then we'll go to 2 Corinthians 13, 14 in the message. John 16, I would prefer to do that in the King James Version. It says, nevertheless... I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It is expedient. Okay? I think the New King James says, it is to your advantage, okay, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and ye see me me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say. You need to know that verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, thou shalt he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine and show it to you. It says, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Okay, if I just tell you for the remaining minutes, just meditate on this scripture alone, we can close. Yeah? Because it's such a powerful thought. Okay? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, the message. If you've been in any Pentecostal church for a while, most churches will end their services with, with this in different variants or fashions. Okay? But I want to read the, the, the message because it brings out something for me. It says, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So I want to focus on that What? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know the story in John 16. Jesus was about to be crucified and then, you know, ascend and all of that. But then Jesus shared some very important thoughts with the disciples. At this point, the disciples were sad. I need to understand why they were sad because these guys had left so many important things to follow Jesus. Okay, Peter was a fisherman and Jesus came and said, oh boy, leave this your fishing and follow me. And he left it. Same thing with James and John. 
Matthew was a tax collector in any economy, especially in third world economies. Tax collectors are very, very rich because if you want to pay less tax, they know how to collect personal tax from you. Okay, so Matthew was, he was doing well. Okay, and then Jesus met him one day and said, follow me. And he left everything and followed Jesus. Now, we are like those guys because many of us, when we followed Jesus, we had some expectations. Not all of us started, I hope that by now, your desires in following Jesus have been transformed, okay? But when we started following Jesus, we had some ideas. We had some expectations. If you look at Peter, when Jesus first hinted at the idea that he was going to die, Peter took it very personal because he said to Jesus, he says, you cannot die. I've left all to follow you. Peter was, you know, he was a married man. You know, because he had a mother-in-law, right? Uh-huh. So, in Peter's mind, and if you look at James and John, they even came and they even told their mother. You see, politics, it didn't start today in the church. Okay? He told their mother, he said, if we talk to Jesus, he may not hear, but Jesus seems to have a soft spot for women. So, help us go and meet him and tell him that when that his kingdom comes, we want to sit on the left and right. Of course, when the others hear, they say, ah, Peter said, Jesus even called me before he called you, James and John. Is it because you are brothers? Me too, I have a brother now. Andrew is here. You know, Andrew was Peter's brother, right? Okay? So, you see that they had their own agenda. And Peter was like, Jesus, you can't go because... You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and they wanted to make him king. Remember that story? And then what happened? After that, the Bible says that Jesus compelled... That word compelled me. He forced his disciples to enter a ship to go to the other side. Okay? He had to force them because they were liking the idea already. If Jesus is a king, he will need a prime minister. He will need a prince. He will need a chief of staff. Who better than the 12 of us to be this thing? So they said, Jesus, we are not going. Let's stay here. They want to make us king now. Okay? So now this Jesus that they followed, that for three years... They didn't need to bother about food. They didn't need to bother about money. Everything was on Jesus. All of a sudden, this Jesus just wakes up and says he wants to go. Of course, why are you going to Jesus? We are here together. Okay, so that was their approach. But Jesus then had to comfort them and say to them, he said, look, guys, even though I am going and I understand the fears in your heart, okay, I understand the trepidation, okay, but it is better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the person that is meant to come cannot come. So, you just begin to ask yourself, logically, how is it better to have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus? Let me give you just one example. When Jesus was on earth, Jesus was a limited resource. Okay? As long as Jesus was sleeping, he couldn't help you. You know the story of the storm, right? So, they had to wake him up. To get help from him. Okay? So in that sense, but the Holy Spirit is in his operation. Because in Jesus' operation, when he was on earth, he had to come in flesh. But the operation of the Holy Spirit is such that he's limitless. He doesn't sleep. He's spirit. Do you understand? His operation now is not in flesh. So he can, as we are here in Lagos, there may be people in California. Maybe they have not even woken up. He's helping them there too. Okay, so that's one way that it's better. So Jesus said to them that it's better 
for you that I go because if I don't go, he cannot come. And that he now began to tell them some of the things, okay, that the Holy Spirit would do for them. We'll come into that later. But the next thing that we see when Paul was writing 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians was a very combative episode that Paul wrote because he was dealing with some issues in the Corinthian church. They had started saying stuff about him, like he wasn't such a great apostle after all, and everything. So after they had gone back and forth, you know, exchanging whatever, and in fact, chapter 13, he told them, look, I'm writing to you now, and I'm hoping that you guys put yourselves in order, because if you don't arrange yourselves, when I come again and you are still behaving like this, you will see my red eye, okay? That was, that's what, I mean, read it yourself, it's there, okay? But then he now ended with verse 14. After all these things, we've battled with each other. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Message Bible says, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Okay? So if the Holy Spirit is so important that Jesus himself said, it is better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, he can't come. And if Paul then says that the friendship of this Holy Spirit should be with us. I think it's important to dig a little deep in finding out how important this friendship is. Okay? The word that the Message Bible translates as intimate friendship, and if you use King James, you see it as the communion, or some version will say the fellowship. Okay? It's the word koinonia that talks about, it talks about partnership. It talks about friendship. It talks about intimate fellowship. It talks about sharing. Okay? So these are words that are associated with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And before we go deep into... Um, what I want to achieve today is to look at patterns from Scripture and patterns from the lives of men who have gone ahead of us. The Bible says that we should be followers of them who through faith and patience okay, have inherited the promises. This is Christian faith. It didn't start with us. Okay, so there are people that have gone ahead of us who have done great things for God, and it will be good for us to look at what they did with respect to the Holy Spirit. Okay? But before I do that, I just feel like I need to, because you'll be like, why do I need to build a friendship with the Holy Spirit? My life is cool the way it is. Yeah? Well, I want to first of all show you, almost sell the idea to you, so why this is important. And the first benefit of this fellowship with the Holy Spirit is that we are at our best when we are in fellowship with him. We are at our best when we are in fellowship with him. Any life, okay, that is lived outside of constant and consistent fellowship with the Holy Spirit is a life that is in aberration. Let me try and describe it for you. When a fish is outside water, the fish can survive. I hope you know that. can survive for some minutes, right? You're looking at me as if I've not been a fish before. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> But I'm saying that a fish, if you take a fish out of water, okay, and you put it on the floor, you may just see, you see it jumping out. It's not dead yet, right? But is that, is that his best life? That's not his best life. Because the fish was designed to live inside water. Now, when you were made by God, you were designed to be in communion with the Holy Ghost. Anytime, any life you are living that you are not in communion with the Spirit. You are a danger to society. I'm telling you. You are a danger. Okay? You may not know it. Depending on the society you are around, 
Okay? They may not know it too, but you are a danger to yourself and to society. Your best life is lived when you are in constant communion with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Job 33, verse 4. Let's, let's look at it. It says that the Spirit of the Almighty has made me. So he made you. The Spirit of God made you. Okay? Just in case we don't know. I know that we know, but just in case we don't know. Yeah? You are primarily a spirit being. Can you say that to yourself? Say, I am primarily a spirit being. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Now, it's very important for you to know that because... Okay, so, but it's so important for you to live in this consciousness. That you are primarily spirit. Primarily spirit. Because the world in which we live today, the world would have you believe that you are primarily body. Yeah? If you look at all the things that you engage with today online, Instagram, what else again? Facebook, Twitter. Most of those things are more geared towards exciting your senses and making you conscious of your flesh. Okay? In fact, there's no worse time to be a young person than now. Yeah? All of the depression that we are seeing around, all of the people easily killing themselves. Because those days when we were growing up, we didn't know we didn't have Because <laughs> there was no frame of reference to compare. When I came out from school, I do my homework, eat whatever they gave me, and just played. Do you understand? We didn't have any Twitter or Facebook to compare and say, ah, so this is not how life is supposed to be. See those people. See us. Ah, we are finished. Open the fridge. Bread, no butter. I want to kill myself. You know? <laughs> you know? We didn't know that. Yeah? So the more you focus on a life of the flesh or a life of the soul, okay, the more natural you are. Okay? But the reality is that the real you, spirit, and like every other part of you, the spirit needs intentional help to grow. When you were born, some of you were no bigger than three of this phone. If they put the phone on top of each other, that's how small you were. But with consistent feeding and sleeping, okay, look at you today. Some of you are even over 100 kilograms. Okay? There's a problem, Shabbat. Anyhow, <laughs> but the point is that you are not born like this. Okay? Do you understand? And then look at your soul. When you were born, you knew nothing. Okay? You had a brain, obviously, but that brain had to be taught, right? And then, little by little, you were saying, all the, not rhymes. You started developing your speech. And now, some of you, like, people are even paying to come and hear you talk. Okay? But your spirit, some of us, eh? any wind of light that blows your spirit, like, we just fall into uh, Lagos Lagoon. Do you understand? When your spirit faces the issues of life, okay, it is developed. And I'm saying that part of the benefit of building intimacy, because we are coming to the patterns, okay, part of the benefits of building intimacy with the spirit is that you become your best self. Your best self. Some of us are living at 15% installed capacity of who you are. That 15 is even general. Most people are 2.5%. Okay? Of who you are. In your mind, you think you are doing well. But when you measure it versus what the plan of God is, it's an aberration. Yeah? But the Holy Ghost, 
when you are plugged into friendship with him and intimate fellowship, okay, you begin to live the life that you were designed to live. Okay? If you check, I know that there are issues of clinical depression and all of that. But if I see somebody that is depressed, normally, minus the clinical one, hmm, it's always a pointer to me that that person is not in fellowship with the Spirit. Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost. When you are with him constantly, you don't even have time to be seen who wore, I don't even know the name of all the shoes they used to buy that makes people sad. Okay, who wore bad God? You won't care. Do you understand? Like me, in this church, I don't know the cars you have. I don't care about it. Okay? Because I'm focused on him. Okay, but some people can come to church and say, ah, got the cars in this church. See me. My own car. As they are saying my own car, they are looking at their leg. It's dusty because that's their car. What kind of life am I living? Useless life. I'm finished. They can't worship. Okay? They are focused on themselves. Why? They are not in fellowship. So the first benefit is that you would be the best version of yourself. The second benefit of fellowship with the Spirit, and we'll go into the patterns or intimacy with the Spirit, is that the secrets of who you are can only be revealed to you through communion and friendship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Many of us think we have an idea of who we are. You don't. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9, it says that eyes have not seen Ears have not heard. It has not entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Okay, so anything that you can come up with in your natural mind is not God's plan for you. If you can think about it by yourself without the help of the Spirit. That's without, I'm not saying that you can't think about it, but if you can conjoin it without the help of the Holy Ghost, it's not a plan of God. Okay, so some of us have sent ourselves to certain locations. We are pursuing a course of life that it is not who you are. It was Amos that was speaking, and he said that I was a shepherd following sheep until the Lord called me a prophet. But imagine that he knew from the beginning that he was meant to be a prophet. He would have started earlier, right? Yeah? So he says, eyes have not seen. Well, if we stopped here, this is sad news. He says, so eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. The things, so how will I know this thing? But there's hope in verse 10. Give me verse 10. Verse 10, he said, but these things, he said, but God has revealed them. What are the them? The things that have been prepared, right? Unto us by his spirit. Say, for the spirit does what? Searches. So the first Google ever is the Holy Ghost. Searches all things. Even the deep things of God. There are things about your life. Some of us are living the 1984 version of our lives. Do you understand? It's like God says in Isaiah, he says, behold, I do a new thing. Right? So, if the makers of your cars or your phones, every year, they are coming up with newer models. Right? Why do you think that God is not constantly, you know, although he has done all his works in eternity, so it is to you that is looking new. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the point is that if you are not plugged into the Holy Ghost, who can reveal these things to you? You will be living 1995 version. Some of us are still in 1995 in the spirit. 
Because that's the last time you had any meaningful conversation of importance with the Holy Ghost. And so you are, you are there, okay, living that model. You are, you are the 1995 model of yourself. And we're in 2019, 24 years. Okay? So the second benefit is that with the Holy Spirit, okay, you can have access to the things that you were designed for. You are not meant to create anything about yourself. You are meant to discover it. Do you understand? You are not meant to conjure up anything. The things about your life, God is so detailed. He has written it all. It's written. It's complete. It says his works are finished. Okay? But apart from the Holy Ghost, you've been jumping around. I used to have a friend. That guy must have had like 15 certifications. Okay? Because at the time, they said the certification then was... CISA. How many of us know that time? So he did CISA. As he was do, it took a while. Even in the doing the thing, it was very lazy too. It took a while. By the time he was doing the CISA, CISA was no more raining. Then I said, it's nice. You have to go into business analysis. So you have to do CIBA. I think it's CIBA and PMP. And I said, okay. But it, it took time. Okay. But when he finally said, okay, I will do CIBA and PMP, as he was doing it. By the time he did it, everybody had it. So it was no more an advantage again. I said, ah, which one will I do? And I said, he wants to change his track. The guy did stockbroking exam. He did different things. Why? These things are revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. Now, if I ask, if how many of you have applied or are planning to apply to go to Canada? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And you're saying, uh, what's that song you saying? Our God reigns. Where is he reigning to? So it's not raining in Nigeria, Abby. <laughs> eh? It's, it's raining in Canada. Okay? So we are all planning to go there. Be- why? Because everybody in your office, they are going to say, ah, before you look as if I'm not so G, let me too. Okay? God has revealed them to us by who? By the Holy Spirit. Your real life, you can't know it. I'm telling you the truth. Only the Holy Ghost can show you who you are. Only the Holy Ghost, your real life, your real life, your 2019, the remaining part of it, okay, is revealed by the Holy Ghost. Your next five years, revealed by the Holy Ghost. Your next 10 years, revealed by the Holy Ghost. The next direction, some of you, your businesses are, it has stuck. You are not sure what to do next. These things are what? Revealed by the Holy Ghost. The trial and error, you see the life of Jesus, it was so intentional. There's a lot of guesswork, because if Today, in the foundation class, today we learned about overcoming faith. And we learned that the faith that we have is the victory that overcomes the world. Okay? If you look at the world system, there's a pressure on you to come up with something all the time. You go for interviews and they ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? If it's not that you're looking for the job, I will ask you to ask the interviewer, okay, you too, where, you, where do you see yourself in five years? Because he can't even see that far. And he's asking you. So you have to now be forced to now say, um, in five years, you know. But you see, all I need to know is I, I can see the Holy Ghost, that's all. As he's revealing to me, I'm walking. Do you understand? But you see, in the world, right, if you're not careful, you will be forced, when you're doing presentations, you say, ah, the investors, they will ask us, so what do we, okay, let's just write something. There will be times of transition that you have that you don't know. Honestly, in your mind, you don't know. But there's an assurance in your spirit that when it comes to that season of your life, he will show you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will show you. He says, these things are revealed by the spirit. 
So when you are to the confusion in our lives in this generation, okay, it's because no friendship with the Holy Ghost. No friendship. We are more interested in reading all the journals, reading all the periodicals, Harvard Business. Of course you should read this. I'm not saying you shouldn't read it though. You understand? But you cannot base your real life on those things. Because even they themselves, they are confused. Have you not seen it? Before they told us that if we eat too much egg, it will lead to one thing. Now they say we can eat it. Tomorrow now they can say maybe we should be eating the shell. Do you understand? It's just like this. So you're basing your life on these people that are dead too. <laughs> See, because the doctors, what do they call what they do? They call it what? Practice. They are, they are practicing. Like, ah, okay, practice. The way the choir will come and practice. Try this key. Try that key. That's what they are trying. So depending on where they practice up to, that's where you, you know, go and build your life. They're not saying, ah, sorry, oh, the thing has moved. <laughs> you are finished. But the Holy Ghost knows. He, he has it. He says, the, the Spirit of the Lord made me. Do you understand? He's an intelligent spirit. The world was designed by the Holy Ghost. Somebody that could take that care. Look at your eye. The doctor said that your eye is a complex piece of work. Someone that could take that much care in designing all the things in your eye. You think he doesn't? What is your life? I cannot give you details about. Okay, so I've just given you benefits. So are you interested in building the relationship now? Do you feel inspired, sufficiently inspired to do that? So we're going to run. I try to look at the life of Jesus, the life of the early apostles, the life of the fathers of faith, the John G. Lakes, the Smith Wigglesworth, the Lester Somerals. These are men and women, the Catherine Coleman's, and Maria Woodward Etta, people that we know worked with God. And I try to look at the patterns that they developed in building a lifestyle of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I try to put these things together, you know, to, to come up with what I would term recommendations. They are high-level recommendations. Forget about the examples. Okay? Some of the examples, it's just recommendations, okay? But it's just to give you the idea of the principles behind their work with the Holy Spirit. And then the details of it, you would work it out as you work with him because the relationship that the Holy Spirit has with me is different from what he has with you. It's a different individual relationship. So the best I can do for you is give you patterns. Okay? But then you will not work out the details as you walk with him because it's a living relationship. Do you understand? The first thing you must understand is that what I found with these guys was that they had a very strong consciousness that the Holy Spirit was living in them. They were very conscious of it. And it's very possible for you to have something and not be conscious of it. Or to have something and not know it. It was John who was writing in 1 John who said that these things have I written to you, that you may know that you have eternal life. He didn't say that, that you may have. God already said, but I want you to know that you have it. Okay? So the first thing is that you must be conscious. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm not talking about another Holy Spirit apart from the one that was in Jesus when he was on earth. The same one. Not his cousin, not his younger brother. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus when he was here is the same Holy Spirit that is in you if you are born again. And if you are not born again, he's not in you. It's the spirit of the world that is in you. Okay, but if you are born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. And you have to walk with that consciousness that he's there. Last week, I was with the teenagers and I was asking them, I said, if I 
ask the Holy Spirit inside you. Holy Spirit in so so person. Are you bored or are you excited? And to be honest, some of them say he'll say he's bored. Because I've not been talking to him. Okay? So you need to ask yourself honestly today. Say, Holy Spirit in me, are you bored or are you excited? Many of us, Holy Spirit in you, if you could sleep, the sleep of Jonah will be small compared to the sleep that you have. I'm telling you. Because what is consciousness? The Bible says, in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. So the first step to building an intimate friendship or a lifestyle, don't forget, I said this what? A lifestyle. Some of us, this thing is only when you get to work and you hear that tomorrow they're going to share a letter of sack. Then immediately you say, ah, Holy Ghost. I'm a member of High Life Church, so please help me. Okay, so that's not the time. I'm talking of a lifestyle. The first thing is what? Develop a consciousness that the Holy Spirit is in you. How do you do that? You wake up in the morning. The first thing to do is not Twitter. It's not Facebook. It's who? The Holy Spirit. Talk to him. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Wow, what a privilege to host you. First Corinthians 6 verse 19. Media, please. I won't have time to read it. Just show us the scripture on the screen. It says, do you not know, First Corinthians 6 19, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is where? In you. So it is your big head. Some of those of you that have big head. The Holy Ghost is still there. You understand? He's there in you. When you're in the toilet, he's there. When you're bathing, he's there. So th- th- that consciousness, that's the beginning of the relationship. Can you lift up your hands this afternoon or morning? I don't know what it is. And just say to him, Holy Spirit, thank you because you are in me. What a privilege to host the God of the whole heaven and earth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I treasure you. I treasure your presence. I love your presence. Thank you, Spirit of God. You have made my life your home. You have made my life your home. Thank you for your presence, Spirit of God. Thank you for your presence, Spirit of God. I love you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Feel at home in my life. Feel at home in my life. That's how your life ought to be. Okay? When you have any spare time in the office, it's all quickly checking. Ah, let me see what Mr. Wally posted on Facebook. No. Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you. What you posted on Facebook, how will you improve your life? Do you understand? So you must carry that consciousness. You must carry that consciousness. Okay? That he's there. You're in a meeting and it looks as if it's, it's about to scatter. Talk to him. The first sign that you are interested in building a relationship with somebody is that you are talking to them, right? So some of us, we act as if the Holy Ghost, you are living in Lekki, the Holy Ghost is in, you know that Badagri Expressway that the road is no good. That's where he is, far, before he can come to you. Unless they use helicopters to lift him, you come at night. Okay? You are not conscious. Even in your prayer, you are praying as if you are praying to somebody that is far. Some of us, when we think of prayer, you can only think of warfare prayer. Every arrow sent against me from my father's house. For you, the idea of praying, Spirit of God, I love you. I love, I love. 
cannot say that. I love your presence. Just, just say that to him. That's how to build relationship with him. Okay, every day, anytime, as you are sitting in the bus, instead of being angry with the conductor, maybe his armpit is smelly. I love, I love, I love your presence. That's it. I love, I love, I love your presence. You carry that consciousness. You are, you are able to create your own atmosphere, irrespective of what is going on around you. Because he's there, he's there. So that's what I found in most of these so-called fathers of the faith or mothers of the faith. They carried a high consciousness that it was in them. And because of that, they were also mindful of what they did. Some of you are taking the Holy Spirit to places he doesn't want to go. Yes, now. You carry the Holy Spirit, go and sign. Give somebody bounce check. You are signing with the hand of the Holy Ghost. Because you say, your body is temple. You are right. You are signing it. Check. You know there is no money in the account. So. Eh? When you carry the consciousness that it's there, it regulates the life that you live. It regulates the life that you live. You are in the office. You are conscious of him. There is a problem at work. You are conscious of him. Your husband is acting one guy. You are conscious of him. Your wife gave you soup, too much salt and pepper. She wants to kill your destiny. You are conscious of him. You are conscious. You are conscious of the Holy Spirit. You are conscious. Now I have to raise very quickly. The, the second thing is that anything in this earth that is of value must be planned and prepared for. Some of us will plan every aspect of our lives except the things of God. You say, God, if you want me to pray this night, wake me up. But when you want to go to work, you set alarm. Hmm? When you wanted to marry, you started planning for the wedding. Some of you have, you have not even seen the husband, you're already planning for wedding. Okay? You started planning. Anything that is important is planned for. You have a meeting at work, you plan for it. But the Holy Ghost own. The Holy Ghost Anyhow, anyhow, JB and me, we are, we are always talking anyways. Okay. Anything that is of value on earth is planned for. And if there's anything that was coming across Jesus, the apostles, and all of the fathers and mothers of faith, it was that they had a dedicated time and times to spend with the Spirit of God. A dedicated time and time. For some of you, the Holy Spirit will give you the time of his appointment. Like me, he gave me. And for a while, I was not faithful to it, but he's helping me to come back to it, okay? But for some of you, you may need to look at your schedule and agree a time. I'm not talking of maybe once a month or that kind of thing. Some of you, I hope you know that your time in church is not part of the time we're talking about. Though. I hope you know that. Because some of you, the only time you can lift up your hands is in church and when your team scores in Premier League. Any other time, it doesn't work. Okay, so it talks about an intentional prioritization. You have to plan the time. Look at the patterns of, of somebody like Daniel. We see in Daniel, he would rather die than for anything to affect that time. Some of us, we are late for work. And the time you have set before God is 6.30 in the morning. But now you are late. And you only have time for either food 
or the time with the Holy Ghost, say, ah, Holy Spirit, ah, man shall not, I have to eat too. <laughs> if I don't eat now, I even, I, to even seek yourself, somebody need food. Okay? So you would, yeah, it's easy for you to sacrifice the Holy Ghost and eat. Or sacrifice the Holy Ghost and go f- to hang out with your friends. Okay? But people who built a deliberate relationship with the Holy Spirit, they had a fixed time. Okay? The other thing is that for some of us, we are often confused. What do I do with that time? What do I do with that time? How long should I even... Like I said, I'm giving you patterns. Okay? Some of these things would grow. My recommendation is that you have at least twice a day. If you ask me for inner chamber recommendation, I'll give you three times a day. The Bible says that Daniel prayed how many times a day? Three times. And the psalmist says in Psalm 55 verse 17, it says, evening and morning and at noon, I will call upon you. Okay? So before you sleep, you talk to him. When you wake up, you talk to him. In the middle of your day, you talk to him. Some of us, we talk to him in the morning, talk to him in the evening, and then align with Satan in the middle of the day. Then, when you get to him in the evening, your first prayer point is, hey, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Okay. But you have to permeate your life with him all day long. So for some, I recommend that for anybody who is serious, my recommendation is that, even if you are doing twice a day, morning and evening, I recommend to you to block out at least 30 minutes. At least 30 minutes. Depending on, of course, you go into these things, how far you want to go. But some of us have, we have been so, a few weeks ago, I was looking at a man I respect so much. I, in my mind, I, saw, I thought that this guy, the things of God he has done, I, I assume the guy will be like at least 20 years older than me. When I was reading his story, I saw that this guy is just 20 half years older than me. I couldn't eat that day. I said, God, where do I start from? That kind of one you are, you are in spiritual ICU. Do you understand? We cannot be feeling form for you in the hospital. That no, we are just willing you straight. Do you understand? No, I'm telling you the truth. We are willing you straight. When you look at the thing that God has for you to do, and look at how far you have spent outside of fellowship, to so just tell yourself, God, the remaining time I have in my life, I will double up to catch up. I will double. So, honestly, for some of you, this text testimony I'm saying you know that you have to double it up. Like one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening. Okay. But the point is this. So in that time, what do you do? Okay, one of the first things that we learn to do, don't forget I said that this is what? It's friendship you're building. So you have to be conscious that the Holy Spirit is not a force. Some of us, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of the Holy Spirit as that thing that makes people fall down in anointing service. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person living in you. What do you do to people that are close to you? You talk to them. Okay. So the first thing I talked about is being conscious that he's there. But in that your time, that's your time. That's your time. Okay. And again, this is, these are recommendations. You can mix it up how you like, but these are things that should be there. The Bible says in Psalm 100, it says, come before his presence with what? Singing. Singing. The Holy Spirit loves to hear you sing. If at many times, some of you have woken up at night and you heard a song from your sleep. You didn't know that that was the Holy Spirit giving you direction for the day. And in your time of worship, I mean, you should call this like your date with the Holy Ghost. Okay? To just enter at his presence with that song. Recently, he gave me a song. 
And I began to sing it. I began to sing it. You are Yahweh. 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 Alpha and Omega. You are Yahweh, Alpha and Omega. You are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh. You are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, Alpha and Omega. You are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, Alpha and Omega. Keep playing it. I see in my personal time, I can sing this song like 30 times. A little, little, let me tell you some things about the Holy Spirit. Take it. Just trust that I know him. Trust. Just trust it. Okay? Especially when he gives you a song. If you are worshipping and you sense a song in your heart, in your personal time, stay with that song. It's not in the volume of how many songs you are. Don't forget, you are not in a concert. You are not trying to impress him. And many of your voice is not even good anyways. Okay? So, it's, not, it's, about, it's about fellowship. You understand? So, he gave you a song. Stay with that. If he gave you the song, okay, stay with the song. Going to sing it. Going to meditate on the words of the song. Because you're on a date with him. So as you are singing the song, you're also watching him to see how the song, as you're singing it to him, is affecting him. And you can tell by the way you yourself, you feel something staring on the inside of you. Some of us don't understand how our spirits communicate. You're so bound to your soul and your flesh. You understand the emotions of your soul. But your spirit has emotions that the Holy Spirit injects into it. The more you fellowship with him, the more you begin to understand the emotions of the spirit. Okay? The emotions of the spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is, is, is emotional as well. The Bible says that do not grieve him. That means he can be hot. He has emotions. Okay? So you start with... you. I recommend that you... Me, I start with worship. Okay? Either he gives me a song or... He says, I mean, I have a brain. Like the Bible says that you can sing in the spirit and you can sing in your understanding. So, and then, by the time you are singing it, you know, you can also enter into tongues. Zani muzinato ni mazunana Mazinoti yana muzanina ya Yahweh Yahweh You're not looking at Some of you are praying It's like you are doing a race against time Ah, only two minutes since Jesus No It's, you're on a date your, your focus is on him Your focus is on him You start with singing Your heart is filled with gratitude to him You want to let him know how much you love him. Okay. Then another tool that you have as you spend that time with him is praying in the Holy Ghost. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 to 4, that he that prays in an unknown tongue is praying to who? To God. Okay. And that in the spirit, he is speaking what? Mysteries. Now when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, as you are praying in tongues, one day we'll have the chance to teach you on the science of this Holy Ghost. There's a science. It can be known. Okay, it can be known. The results that the Holy Ghost does here can be replicated anywhere. 
if you understand the methods. Okay? Now, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, some of us are too intellectual for the Holy Spirit. Because in your mind, you're like, what am I even saying here? What am I saying? What am I saying? Like, it's the same. And then you, all your friends are sinners and people that don't go to church. So when you are speaking in tongues, they are laughing at you. Of course, you will feel depressed. And then you stop it. Do you understand? But when you have friends like me, eh, as you are speaking it in, I'm also giving you Kalimo Sikatil. Ah! You will speak more. Some of you, you are still speaking the tongues of 1995. Who do you want to kill? No development. Because it's a language of the spirit. You should be growing in it. You understand? No development. So you pray in the Holy Ghost. In that time, as you are praying in the spirit, let me tell you what to do, right? You see, because the Bible says that some of us, and I want this to be as practical as possible. I want you to enjoy your time. Because some of us, when you set alarm for your time of prayer, when the alarm rings, it's like, ah, it's like something is biting you. Like, ah, oh God, this one hour again. You're, you're doing it wrong. It must be one of, maybe in the beginning. But as you start to do it more and more, it, in fact, the alarm will not wake you up. You wake yourself up. You wake the alarm up. Because it becomes your life. When it's not fruitful, do you understand? You'll be angry. There's some children here. I wanted to give some examples, but it will not be appropriate for their age. Okay? So, but the point is that there are some things that are meant to be fun. When it becomes your work, yeah, like when I was small, I used to like to wash plates. I see my elder ones washing plates. I feel left out. Like, ah, my parents now, they should let me wash plates now. I said, okay, I'll come and wash. I'll be happy. Until it became my work. Ha! I said, God. <laughs> and I became angry. Like, Do you understand? When your communion with the Holy Ghost, that's not the example I wanted to give, but this works as well. Okay, when your communion with the Holy Ghost becomes like work for you, you'll be when the alarm wakes, you think, Oh Jesus Christ, this this again, this one hour now. Then I'm looking at the time. Oh Jesus. Okay, but when you enter it, so as you're praying in tongues, right? How many of you know that the easiest thing when you're praying in tongues is that your mind is just all over. You think of how you're going to apply for Canadian visa. You think of how you're going to make kokoyam soup. You think of how you're going to... Different, different things. How you drink Zobo. Different, different things. That's what you'll be thinking of. The things that you don't normally think of. You start thinking of it. How do they even make... How, how do they make pandet yam? Where does it start from? How do they make um, kunu? You start thinking of rubbish. Okay? But let me tell you the key. The Bible says that he that prays that I not to say is understanding is on fruit, but it didn't say it's understanding should be. Do you understand what I'm saying? It didn't say your understanding should be. It's not a recommendation. It's just telling you that if you're praying in tongues, your mind is not at work. So you can give your mind work to do. So what I do when I'm praying in tongues, so that my mind is not just dancing, I go to Benin, my village, come back three times, by air and by road. Okay? I picture something. I give my mind something to focus on. Bible says that counsel and I learned this from Pascal. It says counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. So, when Pascatin showed me that verse, whenever I'm praying in tongues, most times, I have other imagery I use, but I use that. I picture inside of me that there's a well in my heart. And as I'm praying in tongues, 
that well is bubbling up waters. Do you understand? That's where it's bubbling up waters. My time is gone, but I'll, I'll tell you a story. One day, a friend of mine came to me and said he was confused about a certain matter or location, you know, and some other issues of his life. And I said, okay, fine, let's meet in your house. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for two hours. And I said to him, as you're praying in tongues, I want you to picture in your heart, okay? Just this picture I gave to you now, okay, of well and the water, and the water is coming up, okay? And as he was doing that, I was doing that, the Holy Ghost gave me information about this guy. And the Holy Ghost told me something. And as he told me the thing, I said, okay, let's stop. I said, let's compare notes. This was, he's showing me something, but I won't tell you yet. You tell me. Has he shown you anything? Now, the Holy Ghost was showing me that he wants to do more with this guy. But he wants the guy to stop drinking alcohol. I'm not saying it's wrong to drink alcohol, but I'm just saying that for this guy and for me, okay, we don't drink, okay? But he used to drink and he's a Christian, okay? So, but I could, I'm not the Holy Spirit for him. The Holy Spirit has to tell him. When the Holy Spirit told me, I stopped. And I said, so what are you seeing? And I said, as he was praying, all of a sudden he saw that he was with an angel. And the angel took him to this high mountain. And as we were about to cross from this mountain to the next mountain, the angel now told him that, ah, I can't take you until you stop drinking. I said, aha. Okay. So he has shown us. Okay. And he stopped. Okay. Some of you, you are trying to make people do, just introduce them to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows how to get the best out of people. Yeah. So when you're praying in tongues like that, sometimes you can picture other things. You can just picture yourself and the Holy Spirit going on a walk. I say, Holy Spirit, as I'm praying in tongues, take me to a place I've not been before. Okay? That's where your mind is not pounding for everywhere. Yours is focused. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm giving you tools that would help your engagement with the Holy Spirit be meaningful. Okay? Now, then, again, like I said, my recommendation is do morning, do evening. So you decide how you want to mix it up. But me, I always start with worship and then I enter hot praying in tongues, okay? If you don't know how to sing, get it. I mean, me, I have a, this Bluetooth. You have to invest in this relationship. If you are going to marry, I won't take a girl out. You spend, you, the, the restaurant, they will not say, ah, we like people, we like people that are in love, come, don't pay. You will buy something now. Do you understand? So this relationship with the Holy Spirit, it will cost you something, right? So me, what I do, I have music on my phone. Music, soul lifting music. I now buy this wireless um, earphone. As I'm playing the playlist there, as the music is playing, for especially for those of you that can't sing well, don't, don't let your voice go and chase the Holy Spirit away. Okay, just I'm joking, or he loves you like that. Okay, you just be you just be singing within and create that atmosphere. Okay, then the other thing you can do that must be part of it. You can decide how you want to do it. Okay, it's up to you. Is time in the Word of God, meditating on His Word. Okay, some of us last time I preached, I talked about how. You can meditate on the name of God to the point that that name becomes ointment. Have you, have you thought about the name of God before? You just take an aspect of God and begin to think about it. It may be based on what you are currently going through. Some of you are sick in the body. You have been dealing with a sickness for a long time. Maybe you need to just meditate on I am the Lord that He lets you. Just meditate on it. Think about it. What does meditation mean? Meditation is something that we all do. Let me come to the women. Anytime your husband says, I'm coming by seven and he hasn't come by nine, that thing that you do is meditation. Yeah? It's meditation. All we are saying now is 
take it and use it for God. Because you have started visualizing things. Okay? Pictures. Hey God, I hope that you didn't have an accident. Why can't you think that he got call of good news and he had to travel quickly but he didn't have time to call you? Because, you know, the world is wired to think negatively. Yeah? So, but that tool, that tool that you have of receiving information and processing it as pictures in your spirit, in your heart, that's meditation. You already have the equipment. The only problem is that you are feeding on the wrong thing. Okay, so take that. I am the Lord that he led thee. Say, himself took my infirmities. So, just he took. Maybe that problem is what? I don't know what it is. Cancer. And he just visualized Jesus. He came. He took it. He took my infirmity. He took it. If he took it, I can't have it now. If he's here, that means this thing is a lie. It's a, it's a usurper. And it has to go. He took, oh Jesus, thank you. You took my infirmity. And bore my sicknesses. Wow. He has borne it already. You are seeing it in your heart. Okay? Don't be like, you just see one boil somewhere. There's a way you can meditate on boil in your armpit. It can become cancer. Just by meditating. No doctor gave you diagnosis. You gave yourself the diagnosis. By meditation. Okay? So, let me just skip and come to the last part. Okay? I want to talk about, of course, there must be a time for you to pray for specific requests. Okay? I find out that when you enter the place of prayer without a plan, it will look burdensome for you. The plan is not that you must follow the plan because sometimes your Holy Spirit can lead you in a different direction. But at least you know what to do. So, if you have seven days a week, plan it. When you've spoken in tongues, you've prayed in the Holy Spirit, you've worshipped, you've meditated... I want to focus on what will I pray for today? That is not me. Or maybe it can be you. Like me, on Sundays, I bless my week. On Mondays, I pray for my family. Immediate, extended, whatever. On Tuesday, I pray for Nigeria. On Wednesday, I pray for the church and the pastors. On Thursdays, all the people that say, pray for me, I have this. It's Thursday, I pray for them. I have a list. Except it's an emergency. Then on Friday, I pray for myself. Saturday, Thanksgiving. And Sunday again. So when I enter the place of prayer... I'm not confused what to pray for. I know the plan for the day. Of course, as you have fellowship with the Holy Ghost, and He shows you, Pastor Blessing, He said, Holy Ghost, what do you... You need to learn to... When He's showing you things, communicate with Him, communicate with Him, communicate with Him. You don't say, no, Holy Ghost, today is Pastor Tunde's uh, prayer time. No, if He's showing you Pastor Blessing, do that. Okay, but you need a plan. But lastly, before we close, is that you must learn to receive feedback from him. Some of us, because it's a race against time for you, just do, Ten more minutes. Holy Ghost, thank you. Bye, I see you. No feedback. So what you do when you are done, whether you have worshipped, me, I would like to end with worship again, and then I just, if it's in the evening, I lie down. At night, I lie down. I say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Because it's what? It's what? It's fellowship. He must give you feedback. Okay? And then you learn to quieten yourself. Quieten yourself. Some of you, it may take you a while. Some of you, in that time of quieting yourself, you're all over the place again. And that time of quieting yourself is not a time to speak in tongues. Because, I mean, you want to hear him talk to you. So, me, what I do initially was that I learned to breathe in. As I breathe in, I don't know, for me, I find that if I'm breathing, I can't think. I'm consciously breathing uh, and hold the breath there. All thoughts vanish. You will find what works for you, okay? But the idea is to get to a place where you are just at rest. And then begin to note how he speaks to you. For some of you, you can even sleep from there. If you are doing that all the time, you also need help, okay? But 
But sometimes you just stay there with him. How does it speak to you? You begin to get pictures. Okay? Like that sister there, I saw her last night as I was waiting. Okay? That's Kemi, right? That's your name. Okay? See me after the service. I saw her. I saw where she would sit. Okay? Yeah, how did I get that? It's by the Holy Ghost. He shows you. Sometimes thoughts that you were not thinking of initially okay, would come to your heart. What do you do? How do you show him that you value what he's saying? You write it down. Sometimes when you sleep off like that, you have dreams. You have encounters in your sleep. If you experience this every day, tell me how you will not be. Like Daniel, when they said the king wants to kill everybody, he didn't run back to Jerusalem. He ran to this place. Because he knew that if he gets there, he will get life. When somebody offends you in the office, come and tell the Holy Spirit. Tell him how you feel. Okay? And then let it grow from there. Let's stand up on our feet. Lift off your hands and ask him for grace. The Holy Spirit, I want to build a relationship with you. Maybe if we have the time, another time, we would focus on the feedback mechanism. How he speaks. How to recognize his voice. But talk to him. Ask him for grace. To build friendship with him. Your life depends on it. The secrets of your life are waiting for you there. Talk to him for help. Some of you are running around, running around, running around. You need to learn to stay in his presence. Lift up your hands to him. Spirit of God is at the hands of your people, oh God. We come to the knowledge, oh God, that without you we can do nothing. There's no us without you. And we desire, oh God, for stirrings in our heart so that we can build a relationship, a strong, intimate friendship with you, Holy Ghost. You are the one that can show us the things that have been prepared for us by the Father before the foundations of the earth. Holy Ghost, draw us. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father except he is drawn. Draw us into your presence, O God. Even from today, let there be stirrings, O God. Let our fellowship with you be real in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes as we begin to fellowship with you. Give us revelation about our lives. Let questions be answered. Let confusion be given direction. Let sicknesses be healed. Let there be a revelation of our ministry, our assignment on the earth. Help us to know our business. Help us to know the next step to take. Bring us into intimate friendship with you. We thank you, O oh God. Because your word says that if we seek you, we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. We lay hold on that promise, oh God. And we know, Jesus, that you will help us.